Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. Welcome back for another movie review. This week, we will be reviewing Peppermint. And by we, I mean the royal we, as it is just myself. Uh, my associate, Richard Geiger, will be back for other movie reviews, but I did this one solo. Uh, Anyway, as always, we will give you a basic description before we get into the uh, heavy bits where we will definitely be spoiling all sorts of information about the movie. So if you have any plans of seeing the film, please, after the general description, stop listening so that I don't ruin anything important. Um, so basically, let, let's just start at the beginning. This movie was fun. It, I had uh, I had a great deal of enjoyment out of it. I like Jennifer Jennifer Garner. I always have, um, and it's it is a it is just a, a, a pleasant experience. Now that being said, is it a movie that you would want to rush out to the theaters to see? Is it something that you would wait for streaming, purchase on Blu-ray, or completely ignore altogether unless you're in a drunken stupor or something of the uh, relatable notion? Um, if you are a Jennifer Garner fan, I would say absolutely go out to the theaters to see this. Um, otherwise I would probably categorize this as excellent streaming fodder. I probably wouldn't suggest necessarily as a, an owning, uh, type of movie. I probably will not be purchasing it myself, but, uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, but now that that is out of the way, we are going to roll into the spoiler portion of the review. As always, this review is going to be broken down in a scientific, but not, not really, uh, way. We're going to break it into cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot, and writing. Each will get its own points of varying levels. And uh, I will have my own particular reasons for giving points in these sections. It'll add up to something akin to a grade you might receive in high school or college on a scale of 1 to 100. Um, as always, I will start with the cast. Um, the cast on this is solid. Um, not what I would call overly impressive. I mean, it's not one of those star-studded things where you will see just name after name that you recognize. It is intended as a vehicle primarily for Jennifer Garner. Um, and that, you know, that's just fine. She's very good. Um, so she is the big name. And if for some reason you live under a rock and don't know who she is, uh, if you've ever seen the Daredevil uh, movie that everybody apparently hated at one point, or the Elektra spinoff movie from that, or even back when she really began an alias on television, or uh, if you're more of a rom-com kind of thing, 13 Going on 30 was a very popular movie that she did. Um, she stars in this film as the character of Riley North. Um, so, I mean, definitely you, you've got your pull there for the people that like those sort of things. Um, you've also got John Gallagher Jr. in this one as, uh, Detective Carmichael. Um, he is known, I would say, primarily for Newsroom and was also in, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I have to say I'm not overly familiar with this actor. I unfortunately have, si uh, have not seen either of those, uh, things. I looked through his, uh, history and it just nothing that was particularly, uh, something that I was, like I said, familiar with. Uh, but he he uh, did well in the film, I think. Uh, John Ortiz, who is in just a ton of stuff that that over the last uh, couple of decades uh, as Detective uh, Beltran, 
as uh, a funny kind of uh, funny kind of link, he was in the Cloverfield uh, paradox. But uh, uh, Kong Skull Island, Silver Linings Playbook, Fast and Furious Six, uh, American Gangster. Um, he is generally very solid in anything that I've ever seen him in. I, I really liked him in American Gangster. Um, the Silver Linings Playbook, same way, a uh, film that I enjoyed and I thought he did well in. I have not watched any of the Fast and Furious films. I don't know if I ever will. I'm sure I will eventually get to it if I manage to clone myself a few times and get a chance to watch every single thing ever, which is, you know, my true and intended goal, but who knows if that will actually happen. Um, you have also uh, Juan Pablo Raba as uh, Diego Garcia, uh, the the lead villain in in the film, uh, you might recognize him from uh, the Narcos series or from um, he was in uh, a handful of episodes in Agents of Shield on uh, on television. Now um, I am not as familiar with him. I'm a I'm a fan of Agents of Shield, so I remember him from that, and I, I've seen him in Narcos. Um, he has quite a bit of background in. Uh, Latin American television, uh, but has been in a lot of more uh, recognizable uh, American productions as well. Um, um, we'll get to what I think about uh, his character and his uh, portrayal here in momentarily. You've got Annie, I, I'm going to mispronounce this, Annie Ilonza, I hope, as uh, the FBI agent. Um, You've got, as a fun little thing, Method Man showing up as a, a narc cop, which is pretty funny. Um, and you've got the, the other one that I wanted to touch on just briefly is just a, an actor I happened to like a little bit. It was nice seeing him in a small role in the film, and that was Michael, uh, I think it's Mosley, Masley. Um, uh, somebody I know by face and less by pronunciation, uh, as a lawyer for some of the, uh, the drug running, uh, thugs in the, in the film. But, uh, he was in several episodes of Castle and was in the last season of Scrubs, which was panned by most people, but I thought he was one of the bright spots of that particular season. Um, so all in all, again, not a lot of big names, but, uh, Jennifer Garner is is always a draw, and I I felt that this was a slightly sort of a slightly different direction than she goes in a lot of films. So it was nice to see some difference. As uh, as I tweeted out, I got uh, a bit of a Linda Hamilton vibe from her performance in this. Um, nothing again that strikes me out. It's 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 not not disappointing at all. It's it's just um, it was not. Um, it wasn't probably exactly the the casting choices I would have hoped for, but for the film that it is, I think it was adequate. Uh, out of a, a score of 20, I'd probably give it a 13 or 20 on the casting on that one. Now, the director is uh, Pierre Morel. Um, he's done a handful of films. This is not his first time at the rodeo, and he's had, uh, let me rephrase that, he's done a handful of films as a director, at least that he's credited for, but he has uh, you know been in the industry for quite a few other things as well. Um the biggest thing I think you would be familiar with, or at least that most listeners would be familiar with, uh, that he has been in as he uh, been in, uh, that he has been associated with, is he directed Taken, which was a fantastic uh, Liam Neeson film. Um, so this has a very similar flavor and a very similar um, um, 
way of uh, handling story and and uh, all of the elements that you would expect. So generally, if I would expect if you do well with Taken, you're going to do well with something like this. And I would say that that is absolutely true. Um, I think the uh, I think that uh, the the interpretation of the um, of the of the writing was fine. I think um, the the way that it was uh, put together that's that's where I start having some issues. There are some odd there are some odd cuts here and there. Um, um, the timing is off in a couple of spots. Uh, it doesn't flow well in some places. Um, it, it just seems incomplete, I think, is what it is. Now, I don't know if that's something that I can lay at the feet of the director. I don't know if that's uh, an issue with the screenplay. I, I don't know if that was a result of interference from the, uh, from the, uh, from the company that uh, produces the film. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, but the bottom line is... Um, it just feels hollow in a couple of spots, um, uh, and it, and in, and in a couple other spots, it just does not take me didn't take me to the places in, that I was expecting to go in the way that I would have wanted to approach them. Um, also, the choice to film at night is always. Or maybe not film at night, but film in the dark. Whether that's actually filming uh, at night or filming on a set in the dark, is always a risky gambit in in an action film. Uh, not so much in a horror or a sci-fi. You kind of expect that, but when there's going to be a lot of um, hand-to-hand combat, a lot of uh, gunfire, uh, a dark setting makes it very difficult to follow things. And it has to be compensated for with some very impressive lighting, uh, uh, blocking that makes sense, uh, giving enough time for the viewer to see what's going on. Uh, I don't think those were really accomplished in this film. I th- it, there were a lot of instances where it was visually uh, messy, not because necessarily of the cinematography, which I haven't gotten to yet, but because of where things were put and the choices that were made. Also, um, just some of the locations, which we'll get into in a minute. So while I think it was solid in terms of directions, I think there were several areas that it could improve. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I thought it was very enjoyable, just as not something uh, as an action movie, which is kind of my, my bread and butter movie that I like, not something that I would watch over and over again because of that. Uh, so I'd probably give that a 14 out of 20. Costuming and props. Um, so in something like this, you're going to get a lot of uh, police uniforms and FBI uniforms and lots of weaponry and that sort of thing. Um, so there, the weapons were fine. Everything you would expect. Um, pretty standard uh, reality-driven kind of stuff. Uh, the police uniforms looked like police uniforms. Nothing terribly impressive or uh, terrible about them either way. I mean... It was pretty believable. Uh, the uh, detective badge with a hole through it as an illustration. This is what happens when people cross this particular guy. Eh, that was a little cheesy. Um, you know, not again, not awful, but kind of made me groan internally just a little bit. 
um, in terms of props. That's the only thing that really did that. Uh, the choice of duct tape and staples to put together wounds and that sort of thing. Again, a little cheesy, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I, I, that one's forgivable because of the tone that's intended. It's, I think it, it, it achieved basically what it needed to do. So while there's nothing that made me just go, you've got to be kidding. This is just a terrible, terrible prop or a terrible set of outfits. There's nothing that, that struck me as amazing either. Um, so I'd probably give, um, I would probably give that a, a 7 out of 10. I mean, solid all around. Uh, locations. Um, I believe it was Los Angeles that this was supposed to take place in. It's a uh, coastal one way or the other. Uh, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a, a downside in and of itself that it didn't strike me as memorable enough to know exactly where this was taking place. Um, uh, all in all, the, uh, locations were about what you would expect. Some inner city and it's downtrodden, it's dirty. And then you had the standard locations for the police and the standard locations for the, the, the trial room. Um, nothing, I wouldn't, okay, let me rephrase that. I'm not gonna say there wasn't anything that stood out. There were two locations that stood out to me. Um, uh, one was when she was tracking down the money, uh, the, the front of, uh, I don't know if it's a knickknack store or, um, whatever it was. It had quite a bit of, uh, of, um, just, just interesting visual stuff hanging to be sold and the, uh, things on the shelves, pinatas hanging from, from the ceiling. At least I believe they were pinatas. They look like pinatas. Um, a lot of, you know, fun visuals, um, uh, in that location, the warehouse where they were putting the drugs together, um, in and of itself wasn't terribly impressive, but the statue and the kind of little sub room they had, that was kind of neat. Um, so, you know, I'll probably, probably would say eight out of 10, uh, nothing too terribly exotic, nothing that took my breath away, but there were a couple of interesting things to see here and there, um, as far as we roll into cinematography, there were some odd choices here and there. I mean, a lot of the, the standard standard action scene cuts here and there and, and the angles for the camera. There's a, a couple of, of weird choices, though, like uh, when she steals a car at one point, the camera looks like it's affixed to the back headrest of the passenger seat um, that was messy i'm not sure what they were trying to convey with that all it did was made me feel like i was um watching a home movie rather than a professional movie i mean maybe that's what they're trying to go with it's like like you're really there with her in the car it didn't come off that way to me though um the the actual there's a there was a lot of distance shots in this um a lot of uh, walking to and from places, and you're seeing it. And I'm, I'm thinking that was just to try and get the whole location in the shot and get that feel going along with it. Um, but because I don't think the locations were that interesting, I don't think it really accomplished maybe what they were trying to do. At least for me, it didn't. Um, so, I mean, nothing that that's you know, struck out on a limb, but again, no major gaffes either. The, the backseat camera thing was probably the worst of it. Um, maybe the, the slow motion bit, uh, where the family gets gunned down at the beginning of the, uh, of the movie. Um, 
that was um, not terribly impressive. Um, although I did like the shot at the very, very beginning of the movie where it draws into the car and the car is moving and uh, you think, oh, maybe something naughty is going on. And no, she's in a fight and in the process of killing one of uh, the the targets that she has. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of nice. So I'd probably give, again, 15 out of 20 for the cinematography on this. It's solid. N- nothing amazing, nothing terrible. But then we get to the plot. So let's let's talk about plot for a minute. And I'm going to apologize if my volume rises just slightly as I'm still playing with my new microphone and trying to get the exact right angle and and volume levels and everything. This plot is not original by any stretch of the imagination. This is a plot that's been done to death uh, over and over and over again. It's been commented on. I mean, it's it's a a generic trope. You're going to get this with the heroic figure is going to be moved on by the death of uh, insert parent, guardian, uh, wife, uh, child, husband, son, daughter, uh, goldfish, dog, you know, whatever. Something dies, it pisses them off, and they go off to find vengeance or justice or whatever. Um, that part is, you know, tried and true. You're going to get it uh, all the time in a bunch of fiction, uh, one way or another. Um, so, kind of forgivable. It's, it's a, a it, but it would have been nice to have some sort of a twist on it that was neat. Some people might say that, well, it was a twist because the lead is a female and it happened to her family. No, that's that's not a twist. I mean, while it's certainly true that there is a prevalence of male action heroes, I have seen plenty of uh, female heroes in movies and in comic books and in fiction where the exact same thing happens. So it's, it's, that's not enough of a twist to make it interesting to me. Um, and then the progression of, uh, of the movie is not, again, it's, it's predictable, I guess is what it is. There's, it's not going out on a limb in any, in any way, really. So she gets mad she disappears, she trains, she comes back to enact her vengeance and gain justice for her family. Um, it's, it's apparent really early on, okay, so this, this drug kingpin has his fingers in the police department. Somebody knows what's going on. It's obvious she's not going to get justice the normal way. Otherwise, the film won't progress when the, when the, uh, the scene occurs at, at the courthouse. Um, it's pretty obvious with the two detectives that one of them is corrupt. Now, I will admit, I picked the wrong one. They did a decent enough job kind of throwing my trail off just a little bit because I thought it was going to be Ortiz's character and not Gallagher's. So it was nice to see that it was not the one that I thought it was going to be. That's good. Um, but um, the whole progression working her way through it is it was working her way through all the bad guys not terribly original the dialogue is again tried and true not very original um it, everything hits all the notes that you would expect uh, let's make let's put out a manhunt for the individual that's that's getting vengeance and and basically getting over all the hurdles that the bad guy is going to face. There were a couple of things that were thrown in that I, I don't think were necessary. Uh, things like um, uh, the 
the main bad guy gets a visit from his his uh, Central American uh, connection that uh, the cartel. It doesn't really serve any purpose. It's the only reason to have that scene is to insert the information that a couple of his shipments have gone missing. That could have been done with dialogue doing anything else. Did not need its own scene. It was kind of pointless. Uh, the only other purpose really to that scene that I could come up with was to have the girl come in to serve the drinks and to show that she was beaten by, um, by Diego. Again, it could have been done pretty much at any time. Uh, only I say that part only because they don't flesh that character out. You see her twice in the movie. She's once in that scene and once when, uh, when Riley North is assaulting his, his house and she runs into her. Um, it's, it's inconsistent in some bits where the, uh, you're supposed to take the Diego Garcia character as completely um, evil and, you know, I'm the bad guy, I'll kill, every, kill everyone, and I am domineering. And then his daughter pops in in that same scene to, to give Riley North pause, and she doesn't want to shoot him in front of his daughter. And he, he gives that little, uh, little hug to his, or is it the hug to that? Well, anyway, reacts to his daughter. Inconsistent, I would say, for one of two reasons. Either um, it's inconsistent because it doesn't play into his personality. It doesn't make sense that he would react that way unless, uh, for reason two, he's faking it to throw her off. But up until that point, there is no indication that he has that level of intelligence or um, slyness. I mean, it's just it's kind of an out of nowhere, just thrown in there. It, it's kind of sloppy, basically. Um, the, I mean, there are just a lot of little things like that throughout the movie where it, it seems like, you know, our whole vehicle, we really, what we want is we just want to see Jennifer Garner running around with a gun and killing people. And the rest of it's kind of secondary. We'll put in just enough to, to make it all stitched together. And for the most part, I'm happy with that. I like action movies. I try not to read too much into them, but Still, it seems like it's even a little skimpy in the way it puts together uh, the the plot and and everything uh, to get you where you're going. So, I'd say for that reason, I probably would give this a uh, a 13 out of 20 um, uh, altogether. Uh, you know that basically brings us to a total score of 70, which is a solid C minus. Um, and I say that's that's exactly accurate i mean it, it is worth a watch it's fun don't don't think too much on this film um there are, are quite a few quite a few problems here and there um but you know jennifer garner does a wonderful job with what she's given i think uh, the actors and actresses all did pretty well with what they're given i think that the, the weakness really is just it's it's a very very predictable tried and true type of a script um, but anyway, uh, I would love to hear what you think about this. Uh, give me your opinions. If you end up going to see this movie, we have a forums on our website, which is www.everybodylovespudding.com. And of course we will constantly be trying to keep in contact with you on Twitter at real pudding guys or on Facebook at pudding guys. 
uh, please give us a visit. Uh, tell us what you think. Give us uh, feedback. I'm always trying to make things just a little bit better. Uh, but until next time, as Siskel and Ebert would say, see you at the movies. Mm-hmm.